Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. So I hope I am not putting myself in danger taking the time to be open about this, and I hope I am doing this right. I will just start off with my own encounter and proceed to talk about the encounters of two other family members. So around 2 or 3 years ago, I first came across the idea of a skinwalker existing. I have always been interested in the paranormal. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit juvederm.com. That's j u v e d e r m.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. 
but at the same time I didn't want to get involved. I wouldn't shut my mouth about it, talking to my friends about it and what not until one day something happened that spooked me so my family has this property a mile or so away from the Roanoke River and it was acquired a long time ago, it covers a lot of land and it is completely densely wooded. And part of my family has been there since. It is currently split between my sister and her fiancé and on the other half is occupied by my grandparents. One day, I was there because the internet at my house had stopped working, and I had to complete online coursework because this was during the time of COVID and shutdowns everywhere. I am in the house alone, quietly minding my work, and then I hear a scream in the distance. I can't say why but I froze, my eyes locked staring out the window. I have lived in the country before, and I know how noisy and weird animals could be. It freaked me out because I never really heard a scream like that. It sounded distorted an animal, like yet also like a human being murdered. In my mind I knew it had to be an animal. I mean, it's the woods. Animals live there. They will eventually make weird noises. Now before I finish this story I want to first say I still think there is possibly a more common explanation for what occurred, I don't know what happened for sure so I am not going to make any certain statements. Well 30 seconds after this scream that sounded pretty far, I heard a male hello. Sound very close to the window I was staring out of. The way my gut churned and the sick feeling I got instantly was like none other. I felt like my breath was leaving my body. It was the tone of this hello it was as if a friend was excited to see me, but I saw no one out there. My mind was just racing and telling me to get out. Likely chance of it being an actual person murdering people or something. I just need to get out of here and leave, and so I did. I called up my family who were away at the time and told them what happened, explaining how either they have someone trespassing or something really weird is going on. They investigated when they came home and nothing was found. I decided to then respect that I don't know what is out there, and there are peoples who have been around longer than I have and I should listen. I stopped worrying about it and I rarely think of it and I personally have never had another encounter like that again. My sister and her fiancé however have their own side of this ongoing story about this property. I am only repeating what I managed to get out of them. Whenever I tried getting them to recount their experiences, they just stare up to the distance and seem closed off. It is obvious they truly believe what they saw was something out of the ordinary. Well her fiancé had family from New York over. They spent a few nights there, and a couple of the family members self-identify as witches. My sister told me they heard of the skinwalker and wanted to try to call to it. Now, I am not sure if that's even possible. I thought it was rather unwise but, not my house not my problem. A while after the visit my sister came to my house and she talked to me about something she saw while driving home at night. She described a pale figure, white and faceless on the side of the road of this property I had my experience at. She really wouldn't go much into detail because she didn't enjoy talking about it. I realized that something serious could be on that land. I advised her to not worry about it and that weird unexplainable things happen all the time. Until also, when her fiancé was driving home by that land at night, he also saw it. He went into more detail and described it as a faceless, white, bright humanoid. 
It sort of crawled in a skipping fashion and didn't stop. Straight across the road in front of the car. I opened up about this to someone who runs a museum for all things paranormal in a nearby area. She advised me to get in contact with someone who may know a Native American spiritual leader. The only Native person I know though, was my late grandfather, so that is a dead end. I personally allowed myself to be at peace though. I have been ignoring it, and refusing to dwell on it, until writing this post, and nothing has bothered me though. I am going tonight to stay at that house again. What makes it even creepier is that especially when it's cold, we hear coyotes howling all the time out there, and it sort of became a peaceful thing knowing that nature is as it should be. But when the sun goes down and those woods are quiet I can't help but imagine what could be happening beyond what I can see. I would actually love to go camping one day and spend time outdoors, but something changed in me that makes me reluctant to leave the walls of that house when I am there. I apologize for the wall of text but I hope you find my confusion and terror entertaining. Any input on what you think these encounters could have been would be appreciated. I genuinely hope you all say it's nothing and that this is just paranoia. All I can really speak for is my own one encounter, I bet if I were present at the other two, I could divulge more detail. Again, thanks for any input for what could have happened. Still a little confused on this one. I'm 32 now and this happened when I was 13. I grew up in the backwoods of backwoods of Texas. I'm talking there was a huge forest behind our acre of land, and it belonged to the National Preserve. That kind of backwoods. Well my sister who was 8 at the time wanted to go walking in the woods, something we did frequently. Somehow we always knew where we were even if we walked for an hour. We always knew how to get back home. It was weird. But I digress. We tell slash yell that we're going in the woods and my mom yells back at us to come in before dark, yada yada parent stuff, before we set off. We had built a makeshift fort a few hundred feet in and decided to check it out. We got bored of that pretty quick and decided to just walk and pick up sticks, etc. We're a good 30 minutes into our walkabout when I notice it's getting darker. I start to ignore it when my sister hits my arm. Up ahead through the dense foliage and trees we see what looks like a clearing. Now I knew this part of the woods well and I knew we were still on preserve land and there weren't any clearings that should be nearby. Thinking maybe it's just the sunlight illuminating a spot I convinced my sister to check it out. It turned out to be a clearing. The sky was still pretty dark and the wind had picked up to a breeze because I remember the tall grass rustling. However we had stopped in our tracks because in the middle of the clearing was a two-story house. There was no driveway nor a road that lead to it, that's the first thing we checked as we went around the perimeter of the clearing. We were a bit terrified of the house and thought maybe we had gotten lost and there was a road nearby, but as I said nothing. There wasn't even a worn path to the house. We went back to the original spot we came out of the woods from and just stared. I remember being full of absolute dread, but I couldn't seem to turn back and go home. The house itself looked old but well kept. But there was no road. My sister's holding my hand at this point and we're still just standing there staring. It's starting to get darker and darker. 
Then my eyes go to one window on the top right part of the house. There's a flickering light on and there's something rocking back and forth. It blots out the light when it rocks one way but then when it rocks the other way you can see the light. My sister then squeezes my hand so tight my fingers went numb. That jarred me out of my stupor and I tell her to let go and look down at my hand trying to shake her off. That's when she starts crying and says it's waving high. I remember I literally started shaking at that point. I eek up and sure enough there's an arm up now rocking opposite of the body in a wave-like gesture. I was done at that point and pull her hand that's still clawing mine and hightail it out of there. We run a good 10 minutes before making it to our fort, which confused the hell out of me. We had walked a lot further. The sky was starting to get brighter but I still wanted to get out. We caught our breath and then began running again until we got home. My sister and I had stopped crying by this point but my mom who I swear to god had some kind of mind reading powers asked what was wrong. My sister tells her and I get in trouble for making up stories and scaring her. I storm off and we just ignore it after that. I remember it occasionally throughout the years and every time I remember it I get a sense of dread and nearly start shaking. Fast forward to 2 years ago. My dad passed away and I'm at my mom's house consoling her and grieving as well with her and my sister. Randomly we start talking about how my dad loved horror movies, etc. and I remember that day in the woods so vividly I nearly start shaking again. Later that night after my mom's asleep I ask my sister about it. As soon as I say that house in the woods she immediately freezes up. I ask her if and what she remembers and she describes it in exact details as I remember it. Then she said she had asked our dad a few years back about it, since he grew up here as well and knew more about the area's history. He laughed at her saying there's nothing back there but woods for miles. Yet her and I both remembered it so vividly it feels like it just happened every time we remember it. The next day I decide to go back into the woods and check it out. I spent half a day out there and found absolutely nothing but woods. To this day I still can't explain what the hell we saw. My dad grew up in rural Wisconsin. We're talking farms and forests for a few hours before you hit a city in the 40s. When he was a boy, him and his brother would play in the countryside to their heart's content. One so place which happened to be a nearby property that their family rented for the fields as the home lay abandoned and the home was special built before the great depression it was a more rare southern style architecture in a norwegian dominated area big open porch two stories with a huge open stairwell and a massive southern facing bay window looking into the sitting room which was to the left of the entryway at the very bottom of the stairs There was a piano that had been broken in half by some previous person, one half in one of the three upstairs bedrooms, the other half at the bottom of the stairs. My dad and my uncle, in a few years apart, one just over 8 and the other 10, are playing in the bedrooms while my grandfather is in the nearby field prepping for harvest. My father was at the beginning of the hall, right at the top of the stairs while my uncle was in the last bedroom, at the end of the hall. All of a sudden, the hair stood up on their arms and the backs of their necks. A violent laughter was heard throughout the house and someone played a full scale on the piano.
My dad and uncle ran downstairs as quickly as they could. My grandfather hearing the laughter from the field ran to the house and literally ripped them from the doorway as they were trying to get out. Later that night my grandparents, dad and uncle went back to the house. My grandfather lit two Molotov cocktails, throwing one into the open doorway and smashing the other on the porch. The flames spread for a second before there was the same laughter and the flames went out. My family stopped renting that land. 40 years later my dad tells me this story, my grandparents verify it. Five or so years later, my girlfriend and I get a flat tire while on our way back from visiting some family in the Northwoods, exceptionally late at night. I hop out to change the tire and my girlfriend gets out, as we lived in Wisconsin, I carried a safety kit in the car including thermal blankets and a large flashlight. As she's shining the light around, she says I see a house over there, should we see if we can get help? I looked up, following the trail from the flashlight to find my eyes resting upon a rare southern style two-story home with an open porch and big bay window. It looks abandoned by wholly untouched. The window is immaculate. I immediately tell her to get in the car and start rushing the tire change. She can see the distressed look on my face and doesn't ask why. Just before she gets in the car, a few lone piano chords come out of the house. I swear we drove a mile away with three bolts on the spare and then I pulled back over to finish the job. As far as I know, that house is still there, just off a main county road in the north woods of Wisconsin, waiting for someone to come find out what that piano is doing playing by itself. Once I hiked through the forest to some old castle on a hill. To get there, I needed to cross a bridge that goes over a 20 meter deep canyon. I've been there a thousand times, as I used to live in the area. This particular time I started to get a weird feeling as soon as I stepped into the forest. It got stronger and stronger until it was pure fear. I thought I must have eaten something wrong or so, because there was no reason whatsoever to be afraid. So I tried to ignore it and went on. Right before I stepped onto the bridge that weird feeling acted up so wildly I almost turned back. Again, I convinced myself that I was being stupid and made it to the middle of the bridge. One has quite a nice view from that position into forest and the rock formations below, so as always I stopped and looked down to the right side of the bridge. Then I turned to the left, but before I could look down, that feeling didn't let me. At that point I really thought that I must go crazy, but still I obeyed, didn't look down and made my way to the castle ruin complex that started right behind the bridge. Been there for 15 minutes, when some police officers arrived, started to scream at me to come down, as I was climbing the old walls, interrogated me who I was, what I did there, who I saw on my way to the castle, how long I have been there, and how come I didn't see the dead guy under the bridge on the left side. So apparently he jumped shortly before I arrived. And I guess they thought I was involved or a self-harm buddy of him and was about to jump from the ruined walls. Turns out I can sense dead people. Or whatever. I had a couple experiences with that warning system. Weird. Here's two more stories. 1. I went for a walk outside my rural village. Parked my car at a parking spot for hikers and realized a guy was sitting in one of the parked cars, 
smoking a cigarette. He was in 40s I guess, looked like a solid guy, nothing creepy, could have been my dad. So I get out of my car, start my walk among the fields and again I have that super weird feeling telling me to go home. Again I'm arguing with myself. So in the distance I see a guy walking around, always parallel to me. That's it, I think, he's giving me the creeps. But he's so far away, there's no chance he could be a threat. I continue my walk, fighting that weird feeling until it becomes so urgent that it feels as if I'm walking against a resistance in the air or something. It was incredible. So I turn around, walk all the way back, checking on that guy in the distance from time to time. I was gone for 40 minutes probably, when I could see my car again between the trees. Also I see that dad figure is still there, doing something to my car. That's not good, especially because it's getting dark. He sees me coming, bolts to his car and drives off. My door handle was jizzed all over. 2. One evening I get, out of nowhere, a very strong urge to check on my friend. She lived in the basement flat of her parents' house and had been battling with some chronic infection, so I knew she wasn't very fit at that point. This super strong feeling that I should check on her is becoming urgent. This time I do not argue much. Her phone is constantly off, so I drive to her flat and knock on her door. No answer, but the door is locked. I'm a rather shy person, so if I get the slightest idea that I might be unwelcome, I will not stay. But this weird pushing feeling almost screams inside of me to get into that flat. So I knock and knock and yell until I hear some movement. My friend somehow managed to drag herself to the door and unlock it. She had a severe toxic shock resulting from an undetected mold sensitivity. Turns out her flat was infested. I ran upstairs and fetched her dad, he had to literally pick her up and carry her up the stairs. No one told me she was in that state. She could go silent for days, introvert, so this time my warning system was pushing me, not holding me back. Weird. I used to live out in the country, way back almost to the end of a long dead-end road. There were only two houses that were actually lived in that far down my dad's and the old lady at the very end of the road. There's my dad's house, and around it kind of off to the side were a bunch of old medium-sized barns slash sheds. I used to let my cat out sometimes and she would roam around the yard, and come back up and paw at my window when she was ready to come in. One night I had done just that, but after a long while I got a little concerned. She usually only stayed out for an hour or two tops, but it had been way longer. I decided to go out and get her. I go out through the side door on the house and immediately felt off, like something was there. I needed to get my cat though, and if something was there I chalked it up to a raccoon or other critter. I grabbed the maglite and set off for the barns, calling for my cat. I found her huddled up in one of the barns, and she did not want to leave. It was like she was terrified of something, and was very stiff when I picked her up. I hasn't taken but two or three steps when this light shoots across the sky directly over me, illuminating everything almost like lightning. It made this odd woo-womb sound as it passed. My cat freaked out and started growling and clawing at me, which she never does.
I actually dropped her because of it, and she took off towards the house as though she were running for her life. I did the same. I've never figured out what that was. I've read about comets and things like that, but nothing says anything about the odd noise I heard, or the reaction my cat had. It could have been something simple and explainable, but man did it freak me out at the time. Two friends, we'll call them Sid and Ned, and I were wandering about one night in the dead of winter. This takes place a bit past the end of my dad's dead-end road. The road ends and tapers off into a dirt and grass pathway that leads all the way to a creek bank that used to have a bridge running over it. The bridge was long gone, and we loved exploring that creek. The three of us were wading along, chilly water up to our ankles, thank God for waterproof boots, in this creek. It has steep banks on either side, ones you have to be very careful to get up or down. We're wandering along in almost total darkness, because of course we're badass teenagers and we don't need no light. I wish we had had one. Sid mentions she hears something moving. Ned and I quiet down and listen and sure enough, something was snapping the brittle twigs up the embankment in front of us. If you grew up knowing what deer or other animals sound like moving through the undergrowth, you're able to recognize it. This was different, this was wrong. We were able to hear what sounded like a bipedal being moving across the bank. The thudding of the footfalls was frightening as all hell, because it sounded like someone in heavy boots intentionally stomping with every step. Sid and Ned, the brave creek wanderers they were, hid behind me as though I would be able to do anything against. Whatever it was that was out there. Looking back on it, I'm a little mad about it. Anyway, we were standing there stock still in ankle deep freezing water for what felt like hours just listening to this thing moving around. It couldn't have been more than 5 or 10 minutes, and we listened to the progression from our far right to right in front of us, when my friends decided to use me as a meat shield, and then off to our left. Eventually after the noise tapered off, we scurried back up our side of the embankment to head towards home. As we made our way down the small slope onto the trail, which ran between two large open fields, we heard a piercing shriek that sounded inhuman, but nothing like anything I had heard before in those woods. It was like the scream of a cougar mixed with the chattering of some angry riled up bird. There are no cougars, at least not in Northwest Tennessee. We froze for a moment to figure out where the sound was coming from, and we heard that sound of heavy stomping against the hard dirt, moving very fast. In the dull moonlight we see in the field to our right this weird thing. I don't know how to describe it. It looked like a person but it was wrong, the stance it had and the noises it was making. It was hard to see it due to the darkness. It looked like a tall hunched over bald person with abnormally long arms. It really did sound like the aliens from the movie Signs, the weird clicking noises they made, only louder and more distorted like an old VHS tape. It almost made me sick, and I remember feeling utterly helpless and terrified, especially since signs freaked me the F out and it was just a movie. Needless to say, all three of us booked it back to my house immediately. I'm not sure if either of my friend paused to look back and see if it was following us, but I sure didn't, I kept my eyes locked on home. We never really talked about it after that night.
Both of my friends saw and heard it, supposedly anyway, so I don't think it was my imagination. Something was out there with us that night, but I definitely wasn't about to poke my nose around and try to find out what. It took me a while to go back to that creek, and never again did I visit at night. During the day, it felt fine, I loved it, it was teeming with life and energy. I remember hearing odd screams from down that way every so often after that, but I tried to chalk it up to animals fighting, even if deep down I knew it was something a little more sinister. That's probably one of the worst ones, if not the worst. Hearing something or thinking you see something is one thing, but actually seeing it and having a shared experience with two other people, that's a whole different ball game. I kept my windows locked tight after that, and would often flip the outside lights on at random just to have a reassuring look around the house. I never saw it again. As a child I moved around a lot, army brat, and I insisted that every house I moved to was haunted. Nothing major ever happened, just weird noises, opening doors things being in places that makes no sense. It wasn't until my second year at uni that I clocked on that I was haunted, not the houses, after my housemate suggested it. Anyway, last year I was on the way to my uni house from my job at a bar at about 3am. To get into the house you have to walk down a privately owned alleyway. Just as I reach the entrance to this alley a man runs up behind me and spins me around. He's clearly had a bit too much to drink and starts trying to grab me, touch me up and convince me to remove my t-shirt. Naturally, I'm very uncomfortable and scared. I remember that the window to the house had an alarm that went off if the window was hit. I figured if I could get down the alley and hit the window, my two male housemates would wake up and help. Only issue, every time I walked down the alley he'd grab me again. After maybe five minutes of a struggle the man hit me. Next thing you know, the alarm on the window goes off, waking up my housemates and scaring off the man. Next day the police were called. We gave them access to the CCTV footage at either end of the alley. The man was caught on tape but, since most of the incident occurred in the alley, there was not enough evidence to charge. Later that day, my housemates and I decided to check the footage to see what caused the alarm to go off. There was nothing. No bird, cat or any other animal. The alarm just went off. This had never happened before and didn't happen any time after either. I'm convinced it was my ghost. It used to freak me out, but I'm kinda glad it's around now. I work at several attractions for the Big Mouse that has tourist destinations in Orlando and Anaheim. When I first started working for the mouse, I learned that most of the buildings were haunted in one form or another. Generally, I take this stuff with a grain of salt. Show me the science or prove it to me, then I'll believe. I've had two separate encounters with two ghosts in two different attractions, and let me tell you, I believe a hell of a lot more now. Experience 1, in a slow-moving journey through time, you come across a scene where a famous painter is lying on his back, painting the ceiling of a building. There is a ladder going up to that scene, and the rumor was that a maintenance guy had a heart attack during a shift one night and dropped at the base of the ladder. 
No one found him until the next morning, and he was already dead. It became a tradition upon closing the ride for the night to tell him good night, or else havoc would come down upon the ride the next day. Silly, I know, but we all played along. I never really believed in it, everything seemed very circumstantial. On one particularly slow day, I was riding through the attraction when all of a sudden it stopped in that scene I mentioned earlier. Now, if you've ridden this ride, you'll know that it's basically a train car with two rows. Well, as far as I could see ahead of me, there was no one. As far as I could see behind me, there was no one. The ride system is pretty sophisticated. When someone hops out, there are pressure-sensitive mats on one side that trigger the ride to stop and show on our ride display screen exactly where it is. On the other side of the ride vehicle, there are photoelectric beams that also give the exact location of this intrusion, as we call them. Now we stop this ride pretty often. Someone takes too long to get into the ride vehicle, stop it and then start it back up again. Well, in this case, they started speaking over the intercom into the entire ride. That usually means someone is out of a vehicle somewhere on the ride. A few minutes into sitting there, I start to hear keys jingling, two sets headed in my direction. I'm completely alone, and here come my fellow mouse employees, looking rather concerned. Iridescent song, did you jump out? Of course, I hadn't, to which I told them. They look at each other, and back at me, both looking from the opposite directions they've come from. Did you see anyone? I hadn't. It was just me. The mat and the I-beam were both triggered in this scene. We all sort of stare at each other and sort of whisper the ghost's name at each other. They leave, and within five minutes, we are moving again, but I never rode alone again. Another attraction I work at is a motion simulator that spins and creates G-forces to simulate space flight. When the attraction first opened, there was only one option. The story goes that a mother brought her child in to experience the attraction and when the attraction had finished, the child was unresponsive. Emergency services were called, and it was later discovered during the child's autopsy that he had an undiagnosed heart condition. This much is true, there is a fellow mouse employee that was working on that day and remembers the story. Multiple other mouse employees have looked up the story, myself included. Since then, it's been said that the ghost of that little boy likes to hang around in the ride room where he died. There are multiple reports of hearing him laughing during opening procedures, of him calling out for his mom, of the sensors going off before the ride starts and upon checking the cameras, there being stuff in front of it that definitely wasn't there before, since we check all of the cameras before the ride starts. Again, I'm usually very skeptical about this sort of thing. One morning, I'm scheduled an opening shift, which doesn't normally happen due to my low seniority. I show up and go to open ride room number three, which is the room where this little boy met his tragic end. During opening checks, there is one person in each of the four rooms, all completing the same tasks. Ride rooms 1 and 2 are connected by a small closet, and ride rooms 3 and 4 are similarly connected by a small closet. 
We usually don't chat in the mornings with the person opening the other ride room since we are all trying to get through our checklist as quickly as possible. I get to the part where I'm about to run the ride and check for errors at the end of my checklist and go in to start closing up my vehicles. It gets pretty loud in there, to the point where if we need to get someone's attention, we have to raise our voices. I start to check my ride vehicles and close the first two of ten. That's when I start gearing laughing, a little boy. At this point, I'm pretty sure. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's one of the other openers playing a joke on me, so I move on. Go to check the next two, they're good, so I close them. I hear the laughter again, closer and louder this time. I turn around to check over my shoulder and there's a faint flicker of movement from the corner of my eye. So I go to check and see what it is. There's nothing. At this point, I'm spooked. I hurry and check the rest of my ride vehicles, close them up, and do a final check of my ride room before closing everything up and setting the ride to start. I hear the giggling again, turn around like last time, and there's a faint shimmer disappearing down the hallway. Of cows I chase it to see what was there. Turns out to be nothing, again, so I go to the other ride room to see who was opening over there. A girl that I've worked with before quite a bit. She normally opens, and tells me she's had similar experiences where it looks like someone is watching you, or just out of the corner of your eye and there's no one there, and that the laughing sometimes gets to be just downright creepy. Multiple people have encountered this little boy ghost at various times during the day, mostly under the conclusion that he's lonely. I was driving to pick up my friend from the airport around 10 at night. His girlfriend was also with me as she wanted to see him as soon as possible. We were going down some dark, super lonely back road. I've never been that way before but I was following good old Apple Maps. Eventually we came up alongside a train that was matched with our speed, so we couldn't see out past it on the right side of the car. After a couple minutes of that, we came upon a train yard on our left. A very spooky, very generic horror movie train yard. Nothing crazy yet, except for the fact that it went on and on and on. We probably spent 10 minutes driving at 45 miles an hour down a dark back road with a train yard on our left and a train on our right blocking the view. Eventually we made it back into society and picked up my friend from the airport. 
We told him all about the spooky train yard and train and were excited to drive back and show him just how much it was like a generic horror film. We drove back down the same roads. It wasn't there. We never passed a train yard. There were no trains on the tracks, now on our left. Friend's girlfriend and I flipped out. We swore up and down we drove right along the train yard for a long time. The drive home felt much shorter. I don't smoke and I don't have many friends who do, but I keep several ashtrays at home, just in case. So, one day, about a year ago, I was looking for some papers and I found one of those ashtrays in one of the cupboards. It was completely empty and quite clean, by the way. I was pretty busy that day, so instead of putting the ashtray back in the cupboard, I just laid it on the kitchen table and went to do some repair work in the garage. I returned inside the house about an hour later, and the ashtray, still lying on the kitchen table, was filled with cigarette ash. No cigarette butts, just ash. I felt a faint scent of cigarette smoke in the house, definitely not as strong as I would have expected, judging by the amount of ash. Like I said, the ashtray was definitely empty and clean when I found it and put it on the table. I took a kitchen knife and carefully searched the entire house. Nobody was there. I checked all the doors and windows, they were locked. Then I searched the house again, checking was any cash or valuables missing, but it was all there. I called all my friends, even non-smokers, and asked them did they happen to drop by my house that day. They all said no. I also inspected locks for damage, but there didn't appear to be any. I changed locks, just in case, and had trouble sleeping for days afterwards. I actually stored the ash into the bag, and I still keep it in the drawer, just in case. Though I doubt it will actually resolve or prove anything. The day after that bizarre incident, a murder took place in my neighborhood. A mentally disturbed girl with a history of drug abuse stabbed a convenience store cashier to death, following an argument over a pack of cigarettes. It is very likely unrelated but sometimes I wonder. I don't keep spare keys in the yard, in front of the door or anything like that, in case someone is wondering. I am from the Indian town of Bhubaneswar. I have never quite believed in supernatural or anything outside the purview of science. This creepy incident happened the time my grandmother died. Being a traditional family we performed numerous rituals for her so-called heavenly abode to be pleasant. Most of these rituals don't make sense to me nor do they do now but I decided against questioning as the timing was gloomy and everyone was mourning. One of these rituals was the preservation of lights inside a closed container, as part of the ritual her kids which included my father, are supposed to make a journey taking her corpse from Bhubaneswar to the holy city of Puri, around 50 kms, where the Jagannath temple resides and her sons are supposed to burn her there, perform the puja and set the ashes on its path to the Bay of Bengal. Meanwhile there will be a container placed in our home in her room where she used to live which will be filled with sand up to a certain level and a lighted earthen lamp is supposed to be put and the whole container will be covered completely and the room is locked from outside for no one to enter the room till the sons arrive back to home and then unlock the room. 
Apparently there are supposed to be shapes formed on the sand which will tell the path that she will take to the heaven. I was also told that when my grandfather died the shape formed was that of a ladder which was interpreted as him going to heaven in a ladder or steps. I of course thought all this was pure idiocy and didn't believe it. Cut to when my father and his brothers returned from the holy city of Puri and and the room was unlocked and the container was opened after that and what I saw surprised and creeped me out. I could clearly see will shapes being formed on all the sides of the earthen lamp called deep in my language. The will shapes were not barely visible. I even took a photo. They were clearly visible. It still creeps me out how that is possible. We lived in a house a few years back, and random things would just go missing, then they'd turn up somewhere else. We never really thought hard on it cause they were never expensive or important things, so because of this none of us ever mentioned it to each other. Fast forward and mum loses an earring. Not a huge deal but it's a nice dangly pair she wears frequently. Maybe a month later I come home and find it perfectly laid out in the middle of the ground at the end of a high traffic hallway, it has three doors at the end. Take a photo and show mum when she gets back, give her back her earring and we discuss the oddity. I mentioned that lately I've been misplacing random inconsequential stuff like staplers, and she looks at me and she goes that's weird. Me too. Our housemate gets home and we mention it and he goes oh man so weird. My razor vanished for a while and I found it back on my sink one day. So basically we're all convinced there was a friendly ghost attached to that house that just misplaced things to let us know they were present. So my roommate and I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with a shared living space. I had just laid down in bed to go to sleep for the night and my roommate was still up in the living room doing school work, it was almost midnight. As I'm laying there on my phone I get a call from a number I don't recognize. I answer it, expecting a telemarketer. Hello? A kind of high-pitched man's voice answers hey. Is this X? I should have hung up at this point. Um yes who is this? It's me Derek. Remember? from high school? I was wondering if you wanted to talk? It's been forever I went to an extremely small, rural high school, greater than 100, and there was no one in my graduating class, or any class, named Derek. I said I don't know who you are and as I'm hanging up I hear him say wait, my name, wait, but I hung up anyway. The fact that this person knew my name is really weird because, not to brag, but my name is really unique and I'm definitely the only person in my home county with that name. I went out into the living room to tell my roommate about it, as I'm telling her she pulls up her phone and asks was it this number? She got a call from that same number at the same minute I did. She didn't answer the call and they left a voicemail. We listened to it and it kind of sounded like someone breathing maybe? Or just moving? And then distantly, at the end it sounded like a group of people yelling, screaming, but it was distant. My roommate and I did go to the same high school but we've changed numbers since we graduated and there shouldn't have been anyone but close friends, 1 to 6, people who would have both of our numbers. The area code was in our home state but it was really far away from our hometown and we didn't know anyone there. 
Maybe I'm paranoid, but it really wigged us out. March 2015. My father passed a month or so earlier. I wasn't sleeping well. I would be up later and later at night. My father used to always give me shit for staying up so late because it's ruining my sleep schedule and affecting my work, standard parenting stuff. It's about 2.30 AM and I'm watching YouTube on my PS4. Power in the house flickers. I check the window, no rain or wind or anything. I figured somebody hit a pole somewhere. Couple minutes later. Power goes out for a second, comes right back on. Nothing was affected. Which is weird because when power goes out, electronics reset. Check the window again, still nothing happening outside. A couple minutes later, power goes out for almost a whole minute. From the couch, I can see the street light outside is still lit, as well as the other houses on the street. Power comes back on and everything is still as it was. Video continues where it left off, clocks haven't reset, nothing. It's now 2.37 AM. I audibly said okay and went to bed. Next morning I wake up for work. The clock on the oven says 11 something am. My phone says 7.23. It was around 11 when my father left the house the day he passed. Fast forward to January of this year, three year anniversary of my father's passing, I can't sleep. I'm upstairs of my new home, watching Netflix. Power flickers and goes out. I immediately said okay I'm going to bed. Power comes back on. Next morning, getting ready for work, oven clock says 11.41 AM. Dad doesn't like when I stay up too late. I was 15-ish and babysitting a neighbor girl down the road from my parents' house. The house was older, but I never thought it was creepy. They also had this awful rat terrier that would bark at everything. Worst dog ever. Once the girl went to bed, I sat in the living room and was watching TV. The dog started freaking out, but instead of barking at the door like normal, she started barking at the corner of the room. Then she would run to another room and bark and come back to where I was like she was following something. Finally she stayed at the kitchen barking for a solid two minutes. Afraid that she was going to wake the girl up, I went into the kitchen to quiet her down. When I walked in I froze and saw that every single cabinet door in the kitchen was open. All of them. I grabbed the dog and ran to the living room. After she stopped barking. I went back into the kitchen and closed everything. Thankfully the dad finally came home soon after. I refused to go back and my parents never believed me. I still get freaked out when I think about it. At our old house my cousin lived with us because he was a recovering druggie, he relapsed after a little, he would sleep in our basement and he had an Xbox and everything down there. I always wanted to sleep down there but he had college a lot so I didn't want to bother him. After he moves out, he took his Xbox rip, I wanted to sleep down but was too scared. My sister said she'd join me sleeping down there so it was less creepy. This went on for about a week until I felt comfortable down there. 
After a few days of me being alone down there I wake up very terrified of what seemed like nothing. Suddenly I start seeing about 10 or so black figures running towards me they were coming from our staircase so no way to nope out of there. I started screaming as loud as I possibly could, I think I temporarily blew out my voice for a few hours. I remember screaming for my mom, dad, sister or anyone at all who would come to me, I was crying too. I woke up the next day and immediately ran upstairs and asked my mom if she heard me, my dad left for work already, she said that she didn't hear me at all. There are only three explanations I can think of, one I was getting bamboozled by ghosts, two sleep paralysis, three I was up too late and my mind was tricking me. Somewhat ironically something happened to me last night. I got home from work very early in the morning, 2.30 am. My house has an entryway or mudroom before you actually get into the house. I open the front door, step inside, close front door and proceed to try and find the key to get through the next door to get into my house. So the only light in this entryway is through the glass on the front door. The rest of the room is completely black and I can barely see my hands in front of my face. All of a sudden I start to hear this. Buzzing slash vibrating? Noise behind me off to the right. House is old so maybe just weird house noises. Still looking for the key when I notice that the noise is getting louder, closer, and it has risen in pitch to something like of a woman was humming loudly. Maybe it's just ringing in my ear. Out of the corner of my eye I see a shadow that I thought was from light reflecting outside, move towards me creeping along the wall. That's when I noticed the vibrating noise was also getting closer to me and it seemed to be coming in the same direction as the now moving shadow. I'm shitting my pants trying to open this damn door and when I finally do the noise stops, the shadow disappears and I'm hoping it was all in my head. I lived in an old house, converted into a duplex, in Athens, Ohio, which is reported to be one of the most haunted American cities. During the first year I lived in my apartment, I frequently noticed this strange music that seemed to be coming from inside the house. It's hard to describe, but it sounded like a keyboard or an organ. It sounded faint and was played in the minor key. Always sounded the same. Regardless, I just chalked it up to my downstairs neighbors, and it never bothered me enough to investigate. It was definitely coming from inside our building. The following year, my original neighbors moved out, and my new neighbor, Sarah, moved in. We became friends. One night, she was hanging out in my apartment and the music started up. She asked me pointedly where the music was coming from, and I said I didn't know she didn't have music playing in her apartment. She said no and we both looked at each other uneasily. Sarah asked me if I ever saw or heard weird things, and I said that other than the music, I hadn't. The way she asked implied that she had, but she didn't want to talk about it. A few months later, her BF moved in, and she later confided in me that she saw and heard things, specifically random tendrils of what looked like smoke swirling inside their bedroom. Doors slamming or opening without explanation. Her BF hated going to the basement so much that he'd sing the whole time he was down there to do laundry. 
I hated the basement too because it hadn't been changed much since the house had been built and there was a creepy room that looked like where you'd keep a sex slave, I guess it was where wood would have been stored. I always felt like I was being watched when I was down there. I graduated and was getting ready to move. I went out of town for a few days so my parents were watching my cat at their place a few hours away. The night I got back to Athens, I decided to start packing some of my books, the first items I'd packed. I fell asleep and woke up in the middle of the night to a giant crash. I was tired and disoriented, so I assumed the noise came from Sarah's place. The next morning, I went to my living room to find that a giant antique mirror hanging over my fireplace had crashed and shattered into hundreds of pieces. The nails supporting the mirror were intact, still in the wall. After that, I was finally prepared to admit that the place was haunted. I know Sarah saw and heard way more than she ever admitted, but she didn't like talking about it because she still lived there. She moved recently, so maybe I'll get more out of her now. I never really believed in ghosts, but too many unexplainable things happened. I never felt unsafe or like whatever was in the house wanted to hurt me or express anger, except maybe at my moving. This story isn't even that interesting, but that's how I've found a lot of people's ghost stories to be. Not everyone has some vindictive poltergeist or whatever. I did do some cursory research into who owned the house. I learned a woman was the original owner. Back then, the house was for a single family. She sounded like a quiet woman a widow who died at an old age. In her obituary, I learned she loved to play music and had founded the Athens Music Appreciation Group. I wonder if I kept hearing her favorite song to play. When I was in high school my guilt friend's parents would let me stay overnight on the weekends so long as I slept in their RV that was parked in back of the house. I had done it multiple times, my girlfriend would come sit outside with me for a while until she got tired and then she would go inside to fall asleep and I would listen to my Walkman while I tried to fall asleep. I remember one night I was having trouble falling asleep, which wasn't so unusual for me. But as I lay there I started to notice an unfamiliar background sound noise and when I removed my headphone I realized that it sounded like people outside the RV were having a loud discussion. But the number of voices started to multiply and multiply and get louder and louder until it was unbearable. I searched round and round peering out the windows but nobody was there. I was very shaken at this point and I decided to run into the house and sleep in the living room and try to explain myself in the morning. Problem was every time I got about 6 feet away from the RV there would be a flash of white and I would open my eyes and find myself back in the RV. Now I was nearly having a panic attack so I called my girlfriend on the phone and she could hear how terrified I was so she told me she was coming outside to get me. I heard the back sliding door of her house open. I heard her walk across the deck, down the steps, across the garden stones and finally her hand fumble on the RV door, but when it swung open and no one was there. Now I was pretty much in tears when suddenly felt the presence of something behind me. I turned around and found this massive red aura hovering there and I was overcome with this immense sense of death and dread and I felt like I couldn't breath, like I was being strangled. I remember feeling like this aura slash energy was killing me, 
like absorbing my life force if that makes any sense. I dropped to my knees and realized that if I didn't break free real fast I was most certainly going to die. I don't know where I found the strength from but I willed myself back to my feet and slammed the RV door open and bolted for the house. This time I actually got inside. I hollered for my girlfriend and she came downstairs with her mom to much confusion. I explained everything that had happened, getting especially angry that my girlfriend never came outside like she promised. She said that we never spoke on the phone and she had no idea what I was talking about. But when we compared our phones mine showed a 125 conversation completed to phone while her showed nothing. That's when her and her mom started taking me seriously and began to look quite scared themselves. The rest of the night was uneventful, her mom let me try to sleep on the couch but try as I might I couldn't. Every time I closed my eyes I would see a small circle of intensely burning white light. I was sleeping in my basement, pretty much my bedroom, and I woke up at some random time in the night for no reason. Rolled over and saw a black figure, probably around 5 feet 10 and typical male physique, standing at the side of my bed. It was standing between the bed and the stairs so there was no way to nope out, I just rolled over and straight up started praying. I rolled back over and it was gone. The next morning I was in the shower, also in the basement and the curtain was pushed to the side, not like all the way but it noticeably moved. Then when I got out of the shower my cello's D string was plucked three times then rung out, which was laying against my chair in the basement. Then I went upstairs and my brother had a hand print that reached across his neck and cheek, it was too big to be his hand but he was perfectly fine and he slept through the night uninterrupted. At a nursing home, working 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. First, I took care of 16 ladies as a CNA on night duty, on my own. The halls have 16 rooms, with a sister hall, same layout, next door, only separated by a sliding door. There's a nurse that oversees the two adjoining halls but never saw her much so it got lonely. As it was a nursing home the ladies who live there are older and can get really sick really fast. One lady was sent to the hospital for pneumonia and was gone four days. One night, around 3 a.m., another lady same hall neighbor to the lady at the hospital started screaming get him out of my room. Thinking a male resident had wandered from the other side of the building I ran over to her room. But I didn't see anything. Now, this is a lady who is very with it and never has behaviors or hollers out. But she is hysterical. I figure she had a bad dream and try to calm her down. It took about 15 minutes. When I leave her room the nurse is on the phone. The lady at the hospital had died. 15 minutes ago. There are ghosts that walk the halls, and dark forms I see in certain corners of certain halls. So I guess I was never really alone. This incident happened to my aunt and uncle who are very straight-laced wholesome Christian types. It was the mid-90s and they had just been married. They were looking for their fist place together and were on a budget as both had just gotten out of college. 
they found an apartment that was affordable and made an appointment to check it out. When they arrived they noticed the apartment building was adjacent to an old cemetery. The woman showing the place mentioned that previous tenants had mentioned strange activities in the apartment, drawers being opened doors slamming shut but overall the incidents were few and infrequent. If you believe in that sort of thing. They didn't think much of it and they weren't the spooky type being Christians and all so they went ahead and got their first place. She said as soon as they got in the apartment they noticed things being moved drawers opening and closing items gone missing or moved. She said there were incidents almost daily but that they just tried to ignore it. The third or fourth day they were in their new place my aunt had just showered and had crawled in bed next to her hubby as he had showered before her. FYI my uncle usually leaves the room when my aunt recounts this story as it's too creepy for him. So my aunt had just crawled into bed, my uncle was above the covers reading the paper. She was exhausted and closed her eyes to start relaxing before sleep. She says her husband then turns to her not saying a word and starts giggling and poking at her like a playful kid kind of thing then starts grabbing her arms and legs. Sort of play wrestling if you will. What are doing she exclaimed to which he didn't reply, she also said he had an odd look on his face that she'd never seen and it was just out of character. He then rolled off the bed manically giggling and rolled under the bed and started pushing up on the box spring from under the bed, she described it as almost taunting. Then in a loud voice she yells his name and asks again what are you doing? She then hears my uncle's voice say what is it? She hops up and finds her hubby in the living room feet kicked up reading his paper. They immediately packed a few things and went to a hotel. They never spent another night there and got out of the lease and only returned with family and friends to pack up. Twenty or so years ago while living in New Mexico. Driving east on Highway 60 at night between Vaughn and Fort Sumner. Two of us in the car and noticed a really bright light on the right rear side. I mean really bright. We then remembered that the train tracks were there. So we kept driving without really thinking about it. Well, the light stayed with us which was weird because trains usually don't go that fast out there. So, then my friend rolls down the window and looked back to see WTH it is and suddenly the light vanishes. Also no sound. So now we're a little freaked. We pull over to check things out. Well, a new realization sets in. There are no train tracks next to the road on this section of road. So, now we're really freaked out and bolt out of there ASAP. We told our story to people at work and of course caught some grief but that's what happened to us. When I was in 6th grade my friend was over my house and we were taking turns playing the PlayStation. I was lying on my bed as it was his turn. The lights were out, and it was about midnight at this time. As I'm laying there I notice from my left peripheral that there is someone there. I see a face, all white face with blacked out eyes and quite similar to what Michael Myers mask looks like, but no hair. This face started to slowly turn in and look at me, getting closer and closer. I jumped up quickly and turned the light on and then there was nothing. I was freaked out for the rest of that night. A few years later, 
I believe I was in high school, I was playing Xbox and my mom was sitting on the computer. I was playing COD Zombies and she was playing a dice game so I can be certain this wasn't from that. Both of us heard this very loud man say I'm home so I'm home but dragged out. We both just looked at each other wondering what the hell just happened. Later that night my mom was in her room just petting one of our cats. As she was petting him she was just saying hi Vadi, his name is Vader. After she said this she said that someone mimicked back to her high almost as if she was being mocked. A few months later once Halloween approached we had seen something else. We had our house all decorated and it looked pretty scary. Scary enough that I decided to use my uncle's camera to take a picture of our house. Upon further inspection of the picture I noticed something quite scary. I zoomed in on our door, we have a glass door that opens first before the main door, and saw within the glass a face. It had human characteristics however the eyes were blacked out, very similar to the thing I saw when I was younger. When I was in college, my friends group was rather big, 10 or so of us, and we always went to lunch together at the cafeteria across campus every day. Outside of the atrium which we had to go through to get the cafeteria, there are bushes running alongside the pathway so we're walking to lunch in groups of two. There were four or five in the first group and four of us, including me, in the trailing group. The first group walks between the bushes and keeps going. But as soon as my group walks between the bushes we all kinda just stop. The most uneasy feeling just washes into me and I'm a bit disoriented. The other guys felt it too then it kinda hits us all at once that someone is missing, but we can't remember who or anything about them. We do a count and we're all there, but we all are swearing there was one more person that's now just gone. We catch up to the first group and ask them and they have no idea what we're talking about. It's one of the weirdest things to ever happen to me. I believe in the supernatural but I take an incredibly skeptic view to it, but I can't explain that. Also, in that same area, a lamp post just appeared overnight one time. No one in the group could remember it being there and we walk that way every single day. The group I was with when whoever it was disappeared took the long way around from then on out. I avoided that area like the plague. 